0: The Overcome Today podcast aims to encourage, inspire and empower through real life stories. My prayer is that when you listen to each episode, you're pointed to Jesus who loves you with an everlasting love. Remember, your story has power and when you share it, it can help someone know that they're not doing life alone, but most of all, that navigating life without Christ is pointless. Hello, overcomers, and welcome to episode 103. I've had quite a rough couple of weeks, guys, hence why this episode is coming in late. But before I get into what I've been going through, I've come to learn that I don't need to lean into the pressures of the online algorithms. Don't get me wrong, I love being consistent in creating content, but if I'm unable to, then I shouldn't beat myself up about it. You know, we're living in a generation that has a do-or-die attitude. It's like your worthiness as a creative is measured by how present you are on the digital space. Considering that this is not my full-time job and I have other things to do, I have learned to be gracious to myself and step back when I need to without feeling guilty. Did you know we have an Overcomers community? Well, now you know. If you'd like to get updates on new episodes before they go live, what I'm learning, what I'm planning, or if you just need someone to pray with you, then join the Overcomers fam. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes below and share your email and you can expect some really good stuff in your inbox every week. Guys, I promise I won't be spamming you, but it will be truly worth your while. When you join, tag me at Overcome Today on social media and use the hashtag Overcomers so that more people can join the family. So back to my rough weeks. (laughs) Or rough week, I don't even know. I've lost track of time. I shared some of it on social media. So if you're not following me on that banner, you're missing out on a lot. I have also been really unwell. But God has sent amazing angels my way to remind me that he's not left me, he's not forsaken me. And despite the despair and discouragement, he has been my peace. Hey, let me tell you, that peace, that's what has kept me going. Now, this week's guest has a powerful story. Esther Murray is a women career coach. She runs a business that focuses on coaching professional women who have hit a dead end in their career due to getting passed over, feeling unappreciated or lacking opportunities to move ahead to the workplace due to systemic gender discrimination and internal office policies or politics rather. Sorry. Now, she is originally from Trinidad and Tobago. I don't want to start trying and put an island accent, but currently she is living and working in the U.S. Esther starts off with telling us about her background and how it molded her to the woman she is today.
1: I first and foremost, I'm a child of God. I've been born again. I come okay. from a background where my mom is a praying mom. She still is a praying mom. She's praying me through every situation that I'm facing today. And our family, she is the matriarch. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a simple person. Come from a small island in the Caribbean, Tobago. Um, raised by a single mother. Mm-hmm. My um, dad left when I was only eight years old, and uh, it was very difficult to see how. Um, a woman of God gained so much strength, and that's what is driving me today for uh, me to be, be resilient. Um, she worked three jobs to take care of me and my three brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was rebellious as a child growing up because I was always looking for attention, being the only girl amongst three brothers, and having to face um, criticism and you know many setbacks because being poor carries with a burden. And I'm sure you hear there are many of these stories, but um, no one knew at the time that I had inner anger and I myself didn't know it until as I got older, I realized when I was looking back mm. how life really was for, for a young girl growing up without a father in a home and how a mother who was driven, was able to overcome, have raised three boys without any one of them being Addicted to drugs or involved in any sort of crime or anything, but her faith has really kept her over those years. And, you know, being in the presence of a grandmother Mother and see all the struggle that she went through, I was observing her from behind the scene. And even though that was not wrong for the most part, um, coming to terms with him. He passed on all the New Year's Eve. He made that phone call many years later to me, to me, you know, mm-hmm. and I was able to get that, that last conversation. And then when I got the call again. He was already gone. And that mm-hmm. was all the uh, the December 31st, 2021, just when COVID was just hitting us mm-hmm. by the storm here in New York. So um, I've been very reserved. Totally still kind of introverted because, when you grow up in certain households, you've been taught that you listen, you don't speak. And I think I've absorbed that over the years where many things have been internalized. And even though um, I've grown out of it somewhat, it still you know, takes me back. And um, knowing that we've never saw my mom cry or... I heard, heard, as when dad was home, any quarrel or anything, not sure why he left, but, you know, so my comfort was always in dealing with older men, because I never really had that father figure, and I mm. think that's where my life had tapered off, I've always sought, sought after um, that type of relation, even as I grew up, I always mm. looked for someone who's much older than myself, because I never really had that bond with with my father. So I think I I miss I looked for that in the diff, in, in in you know in the wrong places. Yeah. But um, as many times as I've failed God, like, you know, just going off the path, somehow he brings me back. Mm. And I remember even when I was baptized at the age of 12. And I remember when I came up from that water, I knew there was something different about me. But then life takes a toll on you and then you forget where you came from and Mm -hmm. then you start doing all sorts of stuff as kids growing up, you know. But um, today I have gained so much um, resilience to everything that I'm facing now Mm. because Esther was going to school with wearing one pair of shoes and being heckled by kids who had both parents mm-hmm. I was angry and I did not know I was angry my mom and I were not on good terms At as early teenage year I left because I my uncle took me in to live in Trinidad with him because it's either one of us would have killed each other because there was just such bad blood with both mm-hmm. of us and hopefully one day she will listen to this podcast and she would probably <laughs> say what did you say about this family you know <laughs> but even so um as i transitioned out to my uncle's home and i went to study french at the Alliance Française, i went there and i was very disconnected i was disconnected at school i was disconnected at home i mean no one understood i didn't understand myself and mm-hmm. i ended up getting into a relationship then I had my daughter mm-hmm. and uh, you know my mom despite all the difference she I'm her only daughter so she wanted me to come back home so and I had complications because I had my, the child was this, my daughter was discharged and I was not because I had to get immediate surgery because I had complications I that you know was 21 I was I believe I was at the time so I didn't understand anything so my my daughter's dad called my mom and said, Look, I gotta, the child is, is this, you know, she has to come out of the hospital as there is, yes, my mom said, Oh, you gotta bring them both. So that took me back home and my mom, the mother that she is, she, it's almost like when we do wrong, even though we know we do wrong and we come back to God and He just forgives us. My mom mm. took me back in and it was like, back to where it was in the very beginning she loved my daughter she actually raised her Mm because she's old enough now because that I had to leave her behind and make a path to come here Mm -hmm. now at that time when I had my daughter she was two weeks old my mom and I my my daughter's dad he was from another country and he said he's going to go back and prepare a place for me and my daughter Mm -hmm. he never came back so there I am again like, mm. what happened to my mom is like tapering off to my life. Mm. So now here I am, raising a child at the age of 21, uncertain what to do, not married. That's a big thing for the family. I am like, mm. gosh, what else can go wrong in my life? <laughs> mm. So um, there was not much to do because even when I came up from school, I couldn't do anything, there was no job. Thing. Now I have a little girl to take care of. But one thing I always had was determination yeah. because my mom, when my dad left, she did not say, you know what, he left me. I'm going to take care of these four kids. She got out there and she did three jobs. She did three jobs to raise us. And there were days when I couldn't go to school because my eldest brother, and God bless him right now, he works in the government, even though he doesn't know much, mm-hmm. he has a good job. He was epileptic and there were many days we couldn't go to school because we had to stay at home and take care of him because it would just catch him off guard. And some days we just don't know. And, you know, and then mom had to work because if she did not work, who would have taken care of us. And bad as it was, and I'm going back and forth, bad as it was, my dad wrote the owner we were in a rental place. And told owner to uh, put us out of that house. Mm-hmm. And we went through a lot of hell, a lot of um bad, bad talk from family when my mom had to um go back home to live at my grandparents' home. My auntie were very upset. Why is she back here? She's a married woman, she should be where she is with her husband, although they knew that my dad had already left us. So my grandmother was you know, us so was like that's my daughter despite it all. And she made my mom me um make a a makeshift house at the bottom of the house. There was bare, but in mm-hmm. Tobago they had lighthouses on so still. So we had galvanized, the window was galvanized, the doors were galvanized, the ground was mud, there was nothing we had. But mm-hmm. my mom, you know, she was very resilient. Mm-hmm. and she went through and I appreciate her for that because mm-hmm. when I see what she has done mm-hmm. I am much stronger now I am mm-hmm. here in the United States of no. America mm-hmm. struggling on my own but God is still working in me and he's still working for me mm-hmm. despite all the setbacks that came through mm-hmm. um, so th- coming back to where my and dad went away mm. there was nothing for me to do so I ended up taking a job working on the side of the highway changing tires I remember my classmates passing passed me and they be like what and though people heckling me laughing at me whatever you know but I mm-hmm. had a little child I had to feed her. I had to make sure she had diapers and I had to make sure that I was not a burden on my mom who was still taking care of me and her while I was still going through my recovery. Mm. So I was I did that for a while. And I know even though on was side of the street looking at the color of the tire at the end of the day when I get back home, mm. I was making an honest dollar. That did not make me feel any different. I did not see it as something to be ashamed of, mm. even though people looked down at me at that time. But I, I knew somehow that this is not... The end of my story, mm. one day I met an Englishman who moved into my neighborhood back there. And I don't know how, he used to walk up every day, taking walks up and down, and then eventually he made a standpipe where he used fetch water to carry, to bathe my child, as well as to bring water into the house. We started to have a conversation and then from that, we became really good friends And that. he became family friend and then so on and so forth. And then he said to my mom one day, he said, your daughter has a lot of potential she cannot stay here she is being hindered by staying here she must leave this island and I had family up here so my cousins who well, um well I was not literally raised with them but as um, was my aunt so they invited me to come up so he paved my way for me to come to the United States, and I remember landing in JFK and that cold winter day, and I was just needing to get inside because mm-hmm. I've never felt anything like that, you know. Mm. But I was making as what one fifty a week, and I was giving my cousin twenty dollars and still able to send a little bit of money off my mom. Mm. They got very upset because I wouldn't open the bag to show them. I had already packed everything ready to send to the post office, and then they told me I got to leave this now. Imagine coming from a faraway country, not knowing anyone. You're the only person that is in my life and to mm-hmm. tell me I cannot be there. So then mm-hmm. that's another struggle I had to go through. So my mom found out, my aunt called my aunt, and they were crying. They don't know what to do. My other cousins were here, came and picked me up and told me, okay, you're going to stay with us. I was so traumatized. Mm-hmm. I was giving my cousin $20 every week and she threw it back at me and told me get out you got to leave my place right so i was placed out and but not for long because like mm-hmm. i said you know when you are at your low is when god is at his best mm-hmm. so i left i went and I stayed with my other cousin and then something came into me and said listen to stay here you're going to get out from there so i was still babysitting and i was doing that mantra and i wasn't making much i was looking through the newspaper and i found an article where this panamanian lady was she was renting Mm. and i took her little apartment in the basement was a basement flat was 75 dollars a week so i was able to move off from my cousin's house in one week i said there was no way I'm going to live with anyone anymore. After what I've went through, I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to take any hogwash from anyone. And then I moved yeah. on from there, you know, and then I found this little apartment, this basement room it was a room, but I was happy. And mm. I found a church that was not far away. And I started to go to church and I started to build myself up again. I started to feel more ignited, right? Mm. So I'm always one. Personal development. I found a school in a night where I couldn't get my GED and I got my grade and I passed my GED. And then I started to look. I said, You know what? These people are taking me away on weekends and I feel like I'm just working as a slave because I'm working for this Jewish family. The Jewish family, they just take here. I'm taking care of their kid. I'm taking care of the door. I said, There's something else. There's nothing. And I was just like, Every time I hit a rock, Mm-hmm. god was there and this is mm-hmm. why i base my faith i base everything that i'm going through on god because i look back on where i came on the mm-hmm. the highway and here i am yeah. still surviving mm-hmm. on my own so i started to build up myself in that faith and just said you know what from high water i am going to make it through mm-hmm. i found the ten agency and I started to learn how to do data research and data stuff before you know if I got in, I got onto an exam that got me into the government. When I got into city government, right? I was hired to train because I'm an expert. Whenever I put my hand to something, I do it as I'm doing it unto the law. Because we always train, even when we were kids growing up, if you do it, do it from your heart. And that's how I've lived my life, doing everything from the heart. Okay. Mm. So I am rubbing shoulders here for people. I just don't know why. No matter how hard I try to be kind and nice, the very people that I'm helping and the very people that are are just cutting me down, try to shake mm. me down, just try to bring me. It was um uh I don't know what it is, but you know, I mean I'm not supposed to worry about what it is. I'm just supposed to stay focused on my path, right? Mm. Which is the path that God has for me. So um Many times I applied. One year I applied for more than 15 different positions. I've gotten not one response, mm-hmm. not one. I met people outside who said to me, how is it that this is not happening to you? Something is, something is wrong here. Even all the agencies I'm applying for are not calling me. Then one gentleman met me and said, I asked for you three times. And they told me anyone but her. You're not going to get her she's Mm. here with us and when you hear stuff like that it make you cringe it make you think like okay you you know you're working they know you're working they comment you every time I am always superior to all the times they give me evaluation Mm. I am exceeding my ability here and it's like it's not going any it's not going anywhere here for man so I, how I've gotten over that is by changing the way I think, changing the way I talk, and changing the way I respond really towards the situation. I realize that I'm not in control. Why fret the things that you cannot control? Worry about the things that you can like helping mm-hmm. someone else develop. Even though I know that the people that I'm helping develop today moving ahead of me it gives me a good feeling inside because i know that i'm seeing someone else's life being moved and transformed and that's who i live my life so esther yes may be forgotten but to man but not to god because i am on this journey right Mm -hmm. and i believe that god allows things to happen whether it's good bad indifferent because he's molding us and shaping us into the type of people that he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So for me, when coaching came about, it came about by accident. It was during the height of COVID when I sent when I was sent home. And I just found Tony Robbins was the first person appeared on my platform when I started to say, Tony Robbins came up. Before you know it, I'm attending one of his one of his um his classes. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I started taking coaching classes. Then I realized, wait a minute, this is all. me, my life is all about serving others. That came to me like a like a wind blew right at me. My life is to serve, and it's not so much coaching people because a lot of people are coaching and they that's all about money. But no, because you want someone's life to be magnified. You want someone who but dream again, someone who would not like, they're trying to shut me down, make me feel as if I'm not worth anything. You need to know your worth. Women of color, I'm in government and Mm. it's a man eat man, and it's a white man's world. And you can see, they know that they don't appreciate you, but the day you can wake up in the morning and just say, thank you, Father. I am alive, I'm in a right frame of mind and Mm. I can do something new, something different today. You see, Mm. no one can take that away from you. And this is why I encourage even the people that don't appreciate me, I mm-hmm. still look to them and encourage them and said, listen, you could have been a whole lot worse, okay? We heard about storms hitting Cuba. We mm-hmm. see how many, like I'm taking care of kids in Africa as far as the Feed the Children program. Mm-hmm. I want to see that people, because people are hurting, and I'm going to be concerned about someone who doesn't share the same value that I have. And that is why I am transitioning out from government, because my values are being cut being compromised and mm. i cannot allow that because as a child of god we have to stand for what we believe in mm. and i am not the person that does yes for everybody i'm the person who wants to sit and do the right thing because i know i have to give an account for my life and this is what i speak to people about i said listen if you're going to do something do it from the heart and if you're not doing stuff that is not meaningful Find what brings you passion, find what gives you that light. Whatever Mm. it is that ignites you, go at it and go at it with all you have. Mm. I am transitioning. Esther isn't, Esther hasn't forgotten where she came from. What I want to do as my moonshot, if I can eradicate all the homelessness that I'm seeing today, That is in our world, all the poverty, the people that are hungry. We got multi millionaires out there, not focused on people like us. They are holding on to that money because, at the end of the day, I've never seen a carriage carrying a a wagon with money. Because, Mm -hmm. guess what? When you're gone, it's over, is what happens after that, right? And we are not focused on that. So, Mm -hmm. for me, I want to live a life that would inspire others to dream, inspire others to really go at what they need to go with what they had but when you're going you got to go with God Mm -hmm. because everything I do I put God on my forefront. because there are many nights I was sitting down and I didn't have anything to eat in that little room Mm -hmm. but God showed me he is still seated on the throne of grace and he Mm -hmm. is God and if we can only hone into the little things, the little things that we can give thanks for, you know, he's got us. So that is, that is Esther. I want to give and I want to give freely. I want to live a life that not only pleases God, but with help others to see God in every struggle that they're going through. Because I didn't just happen here on my own. Mm. And I think back and I always look back because I'm always home my mom. It's the only COVID that kept me away. When I look back
0: and mm-hmm. I think
1: of what my mom did that I will never be able to repay no matter what I do. I always said to my mom, the land that I have in my hand belongs to you. It doesn't matter where I go. I've matured, but I haven't forgotten who I am or where I came from. So my job here is to serve and to serve that person the way God wants me. I am not here trying to be the most famous Tony Robbins Oprah, I am here to when I leave this place someone will say yeah we remember her that's the lady who was always serving from her heart because that's what we are here as leaders to do to serve from the heart and that is the story of Esther that's my story no one has such power to control you that you cannot get up and do what is neither what what matters to you because at the end of the day you have to take an account for everything that you do in this life whether it's doing the right thing or doing bad because at the end of the day there is a place called judgment and there is judgment that is really it's so real i was listening to your your um your um this podcast before this before the one we're doing now and when he talked about how he was visited when he was in a hospital bed and he did not want to take the arm he did not want to put on the respirator because he knows that 15 of people it's only about 15 makes it it make me think that how big god is and how small no matter what your problem is, how small it is. And mm. if he can bring that man life because he has a story to share with someone who is going to go through. My story is this. Go after what means mm. a lot to you. Don't go it alone. Sometimes you have to collaborate with other people. Find like-minded people who are going to lift you up and encourage you. But most importantly, go with God God is the mm-hmm. divine factor with God, all things are possible. And I'm not sure how many people um, on your podcast really believe that they need to know that everything that happens to us whether it's good bad or indifferent happens because God allows it sometimes he allows the enemy to do things because he wants to draw us to him and mm. it took me to go up and down upside down right or wrong. he whipped me in so many different ways and I know he's still shaping me because there's so much work that we still and women of color need to do with that we mm. hinder they try to hinder us but we know who our savior is we know who our maker is and that's what I leave with your your, um, your listeners go at it but go it with God with God all things are possible
0: isn't it just funny how similar island families are with African families you know as Esther was sharing her story I was amazed at how similar our family backgrounds are but how great is our God she is living out her purpose and serving God's people with all her heart How many times, how many times do we tell God we just want to serve him? And, you know, sometimes I think we think service is just in church on Sundays. But service to God should be part of our everyday lives. How do you serve in your school, in your business, at your workplace, in your family, all aspects of your life? I like how Romans 12, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 11 sums it up. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor or fervency serving the Lord. Did you like this episode and feel inspired to share your story? If you'd like to get featured on the podcast, fill in the Google form in the show notes below and I'll contact you. You can also follow me on social media at Overcome Today and send a DM or email me overcometodaypodcast at gmail.com. That's it for this week, folks. Share this episode with a friend so that they can be encouraged, inspired, and empowered. And until the next episode, because I just don't want to say until next week, bless. Thank you for listening to the Overcome Today podcast. Want to support the podcast? Leave a review or a rating on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Also, I'd love to hear from you. If you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at overcome today and let me know what your takeaway from today's show was. Remember, you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you.